I remember sometimes I was sitting at my desk and I said, oh, it would be really cool if someone would put on a pan-European or an international show where I could meet all those those people instead of having to go to a Spanish trade show and a Dutch trade show and an American trade show and a German trade show and a, and a British one and a French one. So I always thought that that would be cool if someone would bring everyone together in one place. But I never really saw that as a, as a business opportunity. Welcome to Porn and Coffee, the weekly adult industry podcast, bringing you the latest from the greatest in the adult entertainment industry. Naked and caffeinated and ready to go. Here are your hosts, Jay Copita and Thomas Scab Helen. Hey everybody and welcome to episode number 13 of Porn and Coffee. My name is Thomas Gavlin. I am from plugrush.com. With me, as always, is Jacob Peter from whynot.com. How are you today, Yay? I am doing just fantastic today, Thomas. It's a pleasure to be here, and uh, we've got some uh, interesting information coming up here. We're getting uh, Andreas, one of the organizers for the European Summits and several other shows on today. Mm, definitely. He's, uh, he's together with Walter, and they are, they are doing four events a year. Four events. Yeah, they are so like behind the European yeah. Summit. They are the, the, in both cities and uh-huh. in Prague. Yep. And now they're coming up with the Latin American one, and they also have the Island Gathering. Yeah, the Island Gathering, which is going on in November in Vietnam. Uh, mm-hmm. They like to change venues for that every year, and uh, that's a nice intimate gathering for networking. So essentially, yeah, we're going to talk to Andreas and uh, first of all find out what the hell must he have been thinking when he decided to start launching all these trade shows during a time of recession when there was already too much cutting up going on of the pie, so to speak. Back in 2009 for the first show, and that's just after shit hit the fan, most most of us will say. But before we get into that, let's thank our sponsor. Our sponsor for Porn & Coffee is ClickCash. Porn & Coffee is supported by ClickCash, the internet's first ever adult affiliate program. Right now, ClickCash is paying our listeners up to $200 for every member they refer. So take advantage of this amazing payout and learn more. Visit clickcash.com slash porn and coffee. So go ahead and do that. Take advantage of the uh, $200 earnings for uh, every member you refer. And uh, we're going to fill up right now and get Andreas on the line. We will for sure right after this. You're listening to Porn and Coffee. While our hosts refill, here are a few words from our sponsors. Established in 1996, the Why Not Forums are the longest-running business forums in the adult entertainment industry. Head over to whynot.com forums and hang out with other adult industry professionals where you can share news, talk shop, and get support, all in a professional and constructive manner. Hey everyone, we're back. Thank you very much for joining us for episode number 13 of Porn and Coffee. This week we have Andreas Bischoff, one of the organizers of the European Summit, the Latin American Summit, and uh, several of the industry gatherings. Uh, Andreas, I just want to say it's a pleasure to have you with us here, and I'm sure you can breathe a little bit of a sigh of relief after a very successful event in Sitges. Yeah, thank you very much, guys, for uh, for having me. Uh, thanks for the invite. Yeah, indeed, we're we're still wrapping up some last things with Sieges, which uh, surprisingly uh, larger than we uh, we thought it it would. With that, it was also a little bit more work than we thought. But yeah, that's that's good news. And uh, as we say in Germany, we're complaining on a high level. It's a luxury problem. There you go. Right on. <laughs> well, Andreas, you know, tell us. You know, I remember years ago. You know, maybe even like 13, 14 years ago, we had some correspondence back and forth. And then as well, you kind of went away for a while. 
And I'll never forget you coming to my booth at the AVN, maybe in like 07 or 08 or 09 or something like that. And you were ready to launch these new trade shows during a time of recession and in Europe. And I'm like thinking, wow, this guy is pretty bold considering the industry was having some serious problems back then. So you've weathered some some serious shit. So why don't you bring us up to speed on how you got into the industry in the first place and what led you along this crazy path of success? I'll first answer um, how I entered the adult industry. That was basically by, uh, by accident or coincidence. What happened was I was uh, studying in uh, in Spain, and after my uh, my studies, I decided that I wanted to stay in Spain a little bit longer. So I was looking for a looking for a job, and uh, I looked in a Spanish newspaper, and they were looking for someone who spoke German, English, and uh, and Spanish. So I uh, I applied for the job. I got a job interview. The job interview went well, and I got hired. And on my way out, my former boss then asked me, um, "Oh, by the way, we also process for adult sites. Do you mind?" And uh, I said, no, I don't have an issue with that. So about two, three weeks into the job, I realized that also processing it outside meant like 99% and the remaining 1% of the sites didn't really make any money. <laughs> nice. So I started in that billing company and um, I speak in German. I, I was responsible for the German speaking market, but also by speaking Spanish, I helped the Spanish sales man- manager with his conferences in uh, in Spain. Speaking English, I uh, I would travel also to the U.S. to uh, trade shows and working for a French company based in Spain. I would also get to know the the French webmasters. And later on, I was promoted also for Eastern Europe. So in that company, I uh, I, I built a, a large international network. And uh, I remember sometimes I was sitting at my desk and I said, "Oh, it would be really cool if someone would put on a pan-European or an international show where I could meet all those." those people instead of having to go to a Spanish trade show and a Dutch trade show and an American trade show and a German trade show and a, and a British one and a French one. So I always thought that that would be cool if someone would bring everyone together in one place. But I never really saw that as a, as a business opportunity, at least for myself. So um, that's how I entered into the uh, adult online industry. So then later I, I left that payment company, founded my, my first own company, then later on left that. And uh, and then I completely left the adult online industry and uh, did some real estate with, with Walter uh, for about two years. And then someone contacted me and, and said, oh, I have all this content on DVD. You know the online people. Why don't you help me to sell my offline content to the online people? And I said, oh, you know, I haven't been in the industry for two years, but I'll I'll go to the shows and see if I still know someone. And uh, if I still know people, then I am happy to to introduce you to them. So I went to the first conference and I was surprised. I still still knew everyone. So I asked the people, yeah, uh, what's new in the last two years? Everyone said, oh, you know, same old, same people, same business. Nothing has really changed. You didn't. Didn't really miss anything. <laughs> and then basically at, at the conference, the owner of, a, of, of another uh, adult online conference came up to me. And he had a local uh, conference and he asked me if I could help him because of my international contacts, if I could help him to grow his local conference into an international conference. And uh, I thought, yeah, okay, uh, I'm not really a conference organizer. Uh, oh, yeah, why not? Oh, wow. Sounds like an interesting, interesting idea. So uh, so we met and uh, we closed the deal and... Uh, and everything was was wrapped up. Deal was in place, so uh, my job would have been to uh, to internationalize a, a local uh, local conference. And uh, then about two weeks later, I received an email where one-sidedly the the deal got changed quite a bit and not in my advantage. So basically, I was sitting in front of the email and I I thought, look, I mean, I bring in my contacts from the last ten years. How difficult can it be to rent a hotel and hire some catering? Yeah, that's what people <laughs> think. And it's so annoying. It's just like. Everybody thinks they can run a trade show and they can't. As I said, when people change existing deals, that's something that, I, that I'm actually very allergic uh, 
VPNs. And so I got really mad and I, I said, I, I said, how crazy is the idea to, that, I, that I tried myself. So then basically, yeah, then I went to, to another couple of trade shows and uh, asked people, hey, what's new? And everyone said, oh, you know, same old, same old, same people, uh, not, nothing really new. That always surprised me because me going to Spanish trade shows, German trade shows, American trade shows, uh, Dutch trade shows, I would always meet new people. People kept on telling me, oh, I always meet the same people. Some some point led me to the idea and saying, oh, they meet the same people because they always go to the same shows. The same people go to the same shows. That's why they meet the same people. True, that, true. That brought me with the idea where I said, okay, let's say there are 15, 20 existing shows out there. If I go to all of those shows during a year, and I only extract 15, 20 people per conference, I'll have a new conference with 300 people that do not know each other. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what we, what we did. In uh, June 2009, we had our first European summit with 300 people and established large companies with a worldwide customer base would uh, show up and say, what's going on? I don't know anyone here. Where did you get all from? <laughs> yeah. That was the beginning of our success story because we brought even to people that thought that they owned the world another 60-70% of additional business opportunities. And that's why people then bought into the, the next shows, which brought in uh, yeah, more money, better cash flow, and then uh, helped us to reinvest. So we reinvested. And so I think we did a better show that brought in more money. With that, we were able to do another better show. With better shows, we had we gained more sponsors. With more sponsors, we were able to do better things. And so it's basically... Since 14 times going back and forth between uh, growing and uh, and reinvesting in the in the in the conference. So this is 2009 when the world was really low on cash. You know, through the recessions and everything, the, the industry is struggling. But you somehow managed to just mix people from a bunch of different conferences from a bunch of different countries, and all of a sudden, it's it's kind of a, a savior in the middle here. It's definitely correct. I mean, in 2009, everyone thought the uh, the industry was dying because of the tube sites. And it was. If I may interject, I mean, during this period of time, we saw such an incredible shift of affiliate programs. Because, I mean, affiliate programs, you know, were doing all the big sponsoring. Companies like Silver Cash, Platinum Bucks, you know, Top Bucks. They, they were making money hand over fist. And then all of a sudden, you know, and I won't mention any names of other companies that I happen to know literally over the course of a year, lost about 90% of their revenue. So all of a sudden, all these people that were paying in the sponsorships that were good for shows and for resource sites were, were thinning out. And uh, it was a shitty time. Amsterdam was doing something around 2005 or six, I think. Yeah, I was in uh, Webmaster Access in 2006. But, so, but how small uh, was it back then? It wasn't a thousand person show. What was it? 200? Oh no, definitely not. 200? And I was just on a yeah, mobile to mo- yeah, two hundred maximum, yeah, I think. Yeah. That's why I'm saying, but compared at that point of time, probably in an internet probably pulled two thousand people <laughs> in Vegas and in Miami, so uh, or in Hollywood. Yeah. So the ratio was uh, totally off. You would have a, a Phoenix forum with probably a thousand plus. You would have two internets with two thousand plus, and some 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 other shows in US and in Europe, as you just mentioned. Yeah, you would maybe have a conference with two three hundred people that would only be visited pretty much by by locals. Mm-hmm. That that was really let's say, a conference of size, which for me is, let's say, 500 plus. That's only since 2010, 2011, I, uh, I think that Europe has uh, gained that, that interest. I think in the, in the last two years, I think the European shows probably were even larger than, uh, than the US shows. So uh, the, the weights have shifted uh, a little, or at least Europe is, is, is a good, good, good comparison. There's a good, good competition uh, going on. Definitely bigger than uh, many of the shows in the US at the moment. 
But let's say you started in a 2009 with 300 people, and that was in Barcelona. Mm-hmm. When did you figure out that you should do two of them a year? Do one uh, in East Europe and, and one in Barcelona? Yeah, basically, when we started the, the show in, uh, in June 2009, we placed it also in the middle of the, of the year where we said we only wanted to do one show. We always said uh, we won't have more interest than, than in one show uh, a year. But then uh, the first show was like 300 people. Then the next show was already, I think, over 400. So uh, as we've been growing that much in such a short period of time, we said, yeah, okay, let's let's see if, if we can do another uh, conference that year. And also one of the shows that, that's happening in September wasn't announcing during that year for the longest time. So basically we, we thought that there would be no September show in uh, in that year because uh, months before the show or so they still have, hadn't announced so we uh, we saw uh, an, a, an opportunity to say okay if if there's no show in september around anymore we'll we'll do a second summit in uh, in that during that year and so we announced it and i think with that we we put some pressure on uh, on the other september shows to also announce and uh, they just said yeah okay we cannot take a year off uh, otherwise ours position is, is gone but basically we said yeah we will try it out for uh, for a year but we, we we always and the rule is still in in, in place we said uh, if one of our two events falls below 300 people uh, we'll kill it and we'll make the other one more relevant to the people uh, again luckily currently we have a 700 800 people buffered to uh, to that 300 euro uh, yeah. minimum so we're, we're, we're pretty relaxed at the moment but the, the rule stays, stays in uh, yeah that's a good idea yeah. Okay, let's do a really good uh, commercial from our uh, sponsor, Click Cash. Click Cash, our sponsor for Porn and Coffee. And I'll just put out a plea to anyone that if you're interested in sponsoring the show, we certainly have room to support you. But for now, Click Cash has the monopoly on this. Porn and Coffee is supported by ClickCash.com. Click Cash launched in 1996 with the single goal of helping affiliates make more money. As a loyal porn and coffee listener, ClickCash is paying you up to $200 for every new member you refer. So to sign up for free, visit clickcash.com slash porn and coffee. You can make up to $200 for every new member. Mm. How amazing is that? That's kind of amazing. I will say so. What about you, Andreas? Do you want to make $200? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to do it. I mean, I'm a show organizer because I don't know how to be an how to be an affiliate or a webmaster. I have no technical knowledge, so <laughs> I, would have, I, like, yeah. I like that you are willing to admit that because not everybody would, you know. But uh, I think in your case, Andreas, we're going to get you to make two hundred dollars the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go back to the show, shall we? So, Andreas, you have a new conference coming up now. So now it's your third. Or you will also say that you, you started something, uh, an elite club, we can say, an elite event for, for only the industry leaders. That's called the Island Gathering. That came up first. You want to talk a little bit about that first? Yeah, basically, uh, also one thing I have to admit, uh, none of our uh, four businesses that we have <laughs> None of them has, has been mine nor Walter's idea. <laughs> so, uh, as I said, the European Summit was the, was the idea of a, of a competitor of, uh, of ours. The Dating Summit was, uh, was the idea of a, of a client who, uh, who went, went to the European Summit and said, we also need that for the online dating summit. I have also need that for the online dating industry. And uh, the island gathering was, 
was also wasn't uh, our idea. The island gathering uh, existed, I think, from the year 2000 until 2009. And then uh, the former producer, the former host, disappeared and uh, discontinued the, the, the conference. Then I think in around 2012, 2013, uh, someone walked up to me at the Phoenix Forum and said, you know, I really miss the island gathering. And I said, uh, yeah, nice. What do, what do I have to do? <laughs> and he said, uh, I think if someone can bring it back, then it's probably Walter and you. I don't know. Uh, look, I mean, the times have changed. Nobody's going to be willing to spend two, two, three thousand uh, dollars on an entrance ticket uh, anymore. That's uh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, just my point, I'll uh, talk to some people. So, so I went to some CEOs in, in Europe, and I said, hey, "Would you attend the conference that costs three thousand euros, uh, three thousand dollars?" And uh, one of them said, "No, three thousand dollars, I wouldn't. But if it cost four thousand, I would come." Hey. <laughs> really? Why? He said, ah, 3,000, then uh, nah, still not, not really the, the big bosses. They'll still send their salespeople, but uh, it has to hurt a little, a little more. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, okay, interesting. And uh, yeah, so I, uh, I bounced the idea with, uh, with a couple more CEOs. And they said, yeah, it's, it's a good idea. And then uh, I said, okay, I guess I, I'm wrong. <laughs> so we, uh, we just uh, thought, oh, let's keep it easy. Um, the original URL is or was uh, islandgathering.com. So we said not to confuse the people, uh, we'll wreck theislandgathering.com. <laughs> <Yep>. and, uh, <laughs> and basically, we just figured for the for the first tryout, we'll we'll just copy and paste what worked in the web, in the past because uh, the conference didn't or the event didn't get discontinued because people didn't like it. It discontinued because the the organizers disappeared. So we just said, yeah, okay, we um, we'll just take the same hotel, the same island the same program, uh, we'll just do it as, as it was in 2008, 2009, and, uh, and bring it back. Yeah, so uh, I, uh, I sent an email to, uh, to the hotel and said, yeah, we're the group, the island gathering, uh, would like to rent your hotel. And they sent me an email back and saying, uh, yeah, you still, send, you still owe us a shitload of money. Uh, oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> you come, we'll sue you. <laughs> and, nice. Yeah, after, after some, some ex explaining, I, uh, I explained whether there was a difference between Island Gathering and the Island Gathering. So all good. So we started the, the first show there. Um, people enjoyed the, uh, the event. We made some mistakes. We didn't facilitate the networking as much as, as, uh, as needed. Um, so we uh, was the first show, so we'll, we learned from it. And then uh, put on the next one in, uh, in Phuket. That worked very well. Um, last year we were in, uh, in the Bahamas. Yeah, this year we are going to uh, to Vietnam, and I think that's going to be uh, definitely uh, the highlight of the, of the shows. Uh, we have a very nice program there. Uh, we got uh, exclusively a, a boat for uh, for our group uh, with fifty suites or fifty rooms. So basically, people cannot escape. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. They're not going anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah that's, that's, the most, that's the most important part of uh, for for this uh, event. It's, it's, it's a bonding event, so it's important that people uh, are together a lot of uh, a lot of the time. People, people sometimes ask me, "I'm a client of yours for the European Summit, and why should I also attend the Island Gathering?" The difference is, the European Summit is a uh, is a networking event, so there's a lot of uh, of networking going on. Uh, you see the people twice a year, and uh, you will build some basic uh, business uh, friendships through a uh, 
through the uh, the European summit. Uh, the island gathering is is more a, a bonding event. I mean, yeah. you you do things like I don't know, swimming with the dolphins together, an elephant ride together, or a canoe uh, tour uh, together, or diving together, and that's more um, it's more a bonding experience. So the difference there is is probably at the European summit, everyone uh, enjoys seeing each other at the, at the shows uh, twice yeah. a year. Whereas the island gathering, it's more like I think it comes to a, to a personal level where people say, even apart from business. They might say, hey, when you're in town, uh, hit me up and, uh, I don't know, stop by at my house and I'll cook dinner for you. And it's, it's, it's a, it, it goes on a, on a lot, uh, lot uh, deeper level because uh, the event is longer, three, three instead of two days. And, and obviously, there are also only 50 people, maybe with their respective spouses. So the one-on-one -on -one time for everyone is a, is a lot, uh, lot longer. Absolutely. And I had the pleasure yeah. of being on the Bahamas tour myself, and it was uh, a really, really, really great event. And uh, now you are opening up uh, the the last one uh, in Latin America. You're going to Mexico for the Latin American uh, show. Tell me really fast about what we can expect there and who should come. Yeah, again, uh, it wasn't wasn't our business idea. <laughs> a client of ours from uh, Colombia always said that there should be a, a business event in, uh, in Latin America. And uh, so he uh, he managed to convince me to to say, okay, we we're doing a, an event in uh, in Latin America. I, I think the, the the Latin American market is probably the next one to uh, to become interesting and to open. I think the European market, uh, conference wise, it's quite done. Uh, North America also. Asia is quite complex. I think you would have to be from Asia to to understand that market. Africa, not a market yet. Middle East, not. And Australia, too small of a market. So we just figured the next market that, that might become of interest is, uh, is the Latin American market. As of now, I, I don't think the market is um, ripe yet to uh, sustain its own conference like we do in Europe with the European summit. But we would still like to, to enter the market now before uh, other people... Uh, do it that's also one of the reasons why we we host the event next to the to the u.s border which basically means maybe at the first show maybe we'll have 30 percent latin americans and 70 percent americans and the next show maybe 40 60 then 50 50. so it allows us to uh, to enter uh, in a market that at this point is not uh, not entirely ripe do it to do it before uh, maybe uh, people will enter it uh, whenever the, the market then uh, then is ripe but it's kind of taking it back to 2009 again then, because then you are now bringing in people that... Uh, you, you're definitely going to find new people if you go to Mexico this summer and, uh, and visit there, because many people there will not go to European shows or American shows. So, Andreas, let's uh, shift gears here, ask a fun question. Can you give us a funny story of anything that you've had to encounter in your years as a trade show organizer, or even possibly an oh shit moment? You don't have to mention any names or anything, but uh, everybody has their time where something could be really fucked. One of the oh shit moments that everyone is going to uh, to probably remember forever was the year before in uh, at the at the European summit in Prague when uh, when suddenly the electricity went away for the whole afternoon. Sure. Basically, we had to do uh, the speed networking with uh, with candlelight. <laughs> the elevators didn't didn't work, so. Uh, yeah, the, the the power outage happened right before the uh, Why Not Awards. As, as yeah, might, I remember might. that. And this, I didn't find any of this out at the exact time until it was like, you know, well into it. 
Because I was so busy setting my shit up at the venue. It would have been like, are you freaking kidding me? That's what's going on at the hotel right now? So it was good that I was kind of ignorant to it. Yeah. Looking back, it's a funny story. Not not for the people that much, but yeah, basically the, the, the hotel has 10 floors. And obviously some of the guests from the Why Not Awards also were on the on the, on the the higher floors. So they uh, yeah. have to, to walk up seven, eight, nine, ten 10 flights of stairs, depending on where their room was. I don't even know if the water was warm without electricity. I'm not quite sure. But they, in any case, they had to shower without light in the, in, in the washroom, in the bathroom. Yeah. And then the girls had to put on the, the makeup without uh, without light. <laughs> and then obviously in their the night dress uh, or in the, in the suit, they had to then obviously also walk the, the eight, nine, ten flights of stairs down onto the bus. Uh, then I think the, the, the timing of a lot of people totally got, uh, got screwed. But uh, the hotel... Uh, handled it very, very well. I mean, uh, they put, uh, put people with drinks on every level. So uh, after every flight of stairs, so you could have some cookies and some, uh, some drink. And the very next year, I remember everybody have flashlights in the reception. So they give away free flashlights. I think uh, it's time for your favorite question. All right, I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball here, Andreas, because I didn't include this in the list of questions to you. Uh, and you could either answer it or take the safe route or just decline altogether, which I hope you don't. But go ahead, tell us. Do you have an industry shout out that you would like to give any special mention to? Or even better, do you have an industry crush that is soon to not be such a secret that you would like to tell us about? Oh, I mean, we have so many great clients. It's, uh... I guess your good friend Walter needs a shout out. We haven't mentioned him that much, but you're not doing this all by yourself. Exactly. Yeah, maybe maybe uh, give give some background to uh, to how Walter got into the whole story. Yeah, if you can take that really short. Yeah, yeah. Bas- basically, some some of my ex ex business partners introduced me to Walter, and we uh, we, we approached him uh, to help us with uh, with finding some uh, some investment money. And then the project that we were working on kind of uh, fell through. After that, I, I I kept in touch with Walter, and we became friends. And when I started with the uh, the European summit, he had just stopped his real estate business and said, yeah, I got some time on my, my hand. I'll, uh, I'll help you out with, uh, uh, with the adult online industry for a while until I uh, find myself a new, new project. So that's how we got in, involved in this, in this industry and into, this, into the European summit. And then, yeah, working, uh, working alongside me was setting up the first European summit. Again, he also realized how, how unique this, this industry group is and how, how, how nice and how friendly those people are and how much fun it is to to work with them and to to serve them and yeah so walter also found his uh, his love for the industry people yeah, at some point then said okay uh yeah there was only plan to, to help you out for uh, for a couple of weeks uh, while you have too much work but uh, those people are really nice and it's a really fun fun project well hey i think that's about all we've got time for today so i wanted to give andreas a big thank you for spending some time with us here on porn and coffee any closing thoughts here for you thomas now, I think we have learned uh, a lot of this. And I must say, when we were in Sitges, we got so much good feedback for our podcast being at uh, all of these shows. I, I, lo- I love the European shows. I'm looking forward to the Latin American show. And definitely also coming back to Prague. And uh, that is an awesome city. So thank you so much, Andreas and Walter, of course, that we gave a shout out to for, for all the stuff that you've been, been doing there. Uh, hopefully, we can do a live porn and coffee at one of your shows. Yeah, def- definitely. Just uh, just let me know, and I'll uh, I'll set you up with a with a room. Perfect. All right. So thank you again so much, Andreas, for taking part of this episode of Porn and Coffee. We will be back next week with yet another episode. So stay tuned. <laughs>
Thank you for listening to Porn and Coffee. Be sure to check out what's brewing with us every week. Plugrush.com, a self-serve traffic network where you can buy, sell, and trade traffic. Plugrush.com, moving traffic forward.